I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. But I want you to understand as we enter into this message and as I preach what I believe God has laid on my heart, because you know how it is, preachers, you prepare and you sense and you know, and then the Holy Ghost just takes over. That's the beauty of being yielded to the Holy Spirit And I personally think it's an art. There's an art to yielding to the Holy Spirit and just allowing him to flow through you. And it's bypassing your mind and just entering into that realm. And I think that's what the devil fears the most. He fears the Holy Ghost people, people who have been trained in the word of God and know the word of God. I mean, we're all learning and growing. We all know that none of us have arrived. But he fears the Holy Ghost people. And because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's why I believe, I don't know who he's talking about, but when we stand before God, I think we're going to get some rewards for stepping out in faith and moving in the Holy Ghost. Because it is a walk of faith. And there is a realm of the spirit. And we've just got to keep yielding to it. You know, there's a whole generation that hasn't seen the power of God. And we're going to probably talk about that today. And I just want to say before we do continue, I just want to thank you for your love. You know, I really had a very difficult two years without going into a lot of detail. And I just want to thank you for your love. There are people, and God's starting to, he's starting to align me with the people he wants me to be aligned with. And He's cutting off people over here and he's cutting off people over there. And it's not for my purposes or your purposes. It's for his purposes. And see, he's building the kingdom. And it's very important that we're at the right place at the right time. I like how Don, Pastor Don, Apostle Don, whatever, doesn't really matter. The titles are just ridiculous. I'm sorry. I have to calm down. Margie, calm down. You're online, but you know, you know, I, I love what he says about the supply. See, that's a revelation because we all have something to give. And if you're not getting the right supply, then you're not going to grow up in all things in Jesus Christ. Okay. You're going to be lacking in a certain area. So I appreciate the knowledge that we all carry a supply. So I believe I have something to impart to you. Now, the thing I want you to understand, and those that are online can still receive this, is that there, the Apostle Paul said, I've come that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. There is something of the measure that I carry that as you sit under me, that's going to come up out of me and be transferred into you. Spiritual things are transferable. They're transferable through association. Mm-hmm. That's why God has removed some people from your life. 
The spiritual things are transferable through laying on of hands. We saw it happen with David and some of the other leaders here. But spiritual things are also transferable through who you sit under. So I just want you to have an understand and have an awareness that there is something that I carry that is going to be imparted unto you. Right. And those of you that are listening online, there's many of you that are going to receive from the heart of the Father. And I believe the, uh, the heart of this message is especially for those of you that are online. I know that I carry a media mantle. It's now popular to say that people have media mantles. But I really do carry a media mantle because this gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached to all nations, then the end will come. I remember when Don and I had a conversation, we were trying to figure out, or I was trying to figure out, I got counsel from him if I should be on a certain network, getting my message of prayer out, and, and, and it costs a lot of money. And um, you don't want to just throw your money out there, you know, it's just a waste. You know, and so I said to him, you know, Don, and because we were still getting to know each other, my vision is to teach the world how to pray. And he said, well, Margie, my vision is to teach the world about healing. So um, I believe that God wants to get his message out to the world. And in, in, in regards to this pandemic, what the enemy meant for evil God is turning it around for the good because it just got more people media minded, more people understanding that they can do it. They can have a presence online. They, they, you know, they, people learned how to put their makeup on and look better online. You know, whatever it took, we learned and we're learning and God is sharpening the church. God is sharpening the church. He's sharpening you. He's getting us ready. And so I'm very excited about what he's doing. Uh, and I will say this. I mean, how many of you, the, you know, it's obvious from the testimonies that the enemy has tried to sift you as wheat. But, you know, Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And there's been so many of you who are the remnant that he's tried to take out. He's tried to take you out. I don't know what it is or how it works well in the realm of the spirit but it seems like the enemy sees something on the remnant that we ourselves don't see because generally speaking the remnant has a heck of a lot of warfare that they got to deal with and we've got to be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as doves and understand and not be ignorant of satan's devices because there's a heck of a lot of warfare that is is released on the leadership in the body of christ that's why it's very important. I don't know what's going on with these glasses. I, my eyesight seems to be better. I don't even know. I receive it anyway. But it's very important that we begin to lift up the arms of our leadership and pray for them. God knows we need it. I am telling you there is secret warfare that goes on with us as leaders that we don't talk about. Are you listening? And so it's bizarre warfare. It's weird warfare. It's warfare you can't even believe that happens to some of us that are in leadership. I had an episode two weeks ago, and I'm not telling you what it was. It was the most bizarre thing I have ever been through in my life. You can't make this stuff up. 
And I'm telling you straight up, I'm over it. I am not giving into the warfare. I am not buckling down. I am going to continue to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so are you. Because I know my labors are not in vain. Because I'm going to tell you straight up, and I know you guys hear this all the time, there is a major awakening coming to the United States of America. Major awakening. Well, everybody's, you've been saying that for 40 years. I've been preaching it for 40 years, but I still have the vision in my heart, still see it in my spirit, been praying it through to an intercession. We, there is coming to the United States a great awakening. And I'm one of the key players. And you're one of the key players. And don't think you're not because you are. Because the spirit of the Lord God is upon you and he has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He is going to send you out to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up their wounds. And the places where you've had trauma and hurt and, and pain and sorrow, God's going to use you to minister to other people in that regard. He will comfort, you will comfort others with the same comfort wherewith you've been comforted by God. And you'll have a sensitivity. See, I can pick up women who have been in an abusive relationship. I had another word for it, but we're in church and I don't want to say it. I have a sensitivity. I can pick it up. Well, how can you pick it up? Because I've been there. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I know the look in the eye. I know the posture. I know the silence. I know the putting down. I see the insecurity. Yeah. Well, how could you do that? Because I'm able to pick up because I've been comforted in the same regard. Are you listening? So I believe that the United States of America is coming into another major awakening. But before we talk about that, and I'm not going to preach more than till, uh, well, we'll be done by four, but I am telling you, but before that happens, there has to first take place within the remnant, which you are, and those of you that are on the fence, and there's a lot of you listening right now, that are on the fence. Get off the fence. Get off the fence. Make a decision. You are going to follow Jesus all the way, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. And if you don't, your life will be cut short. There's many people that have just not decided. They decided decision. They made a decision. I'm not going all the way with God. The price is too much for me to pay. But in order for this awakening to happen... There has to first be a personal revival. And that's my assignment today. I want to talk to you probably about personal revival. Personal revival. But I don't need a personal revival. I'm on fire for God. Well, there's people that are listening that need a personal revival. Yeah, yep. I just heard in my spirit, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. 
Those of you that have your life intertwined with God are going to move and live and operate in realms of the anointing like you have never operated in before. Personal revival. But first, let's talk about, and I know you preach it here. going to say it anyway. Let's talk about the difference between revival, a revival, and a spiritual awakening. The word revival and awakening are often used interchangeably, but there is a distinction. Stay with me. An awakening takes place when God sovereignly pours out his spirit and it impacts a culture. That is what happened <laughs> during the Jesus revolution or the Jesus movement. Now I have talked about all kinds of revival and this one was the face of it and that one was the face of it and it was during this time and that time. But I am on assignment today to talk about the Jesus movement. Never preached on this before. Did my homework and found out some things. That is what happened during the Jesus movement. And it's what happened in, a mul in multiple spiritual awakenings in history of the United States, predating its establishment as a nation. A revival, on the other hand, is what the church much must experience. You see the difference? It's when the church comes back to life, when the church becomes what it was always meant to be, Acts the church in the book of Acts, like our sister said, that doesn't have an amen at the back of the book. It comes back to life and when the church becomes what it's always meant to be, it is a return to passion. I think many times we overly mystify the idea of revival, but we don't really need to. Another word I could use for revival is restoration, restoring something to its original condition. Now, when my parents died, they had this hurricane lamp that was hanging on the wall that had been there since I was a little girl, and I loved it. So when I went to the house, I wanted that hurricane lamp. And it was that particular lamp that stayed in a closet for a long time, mm-hmm, till I got ready to restore it. Are you listening? Being the master of my own home, I put that hurricane lamp in a closet till it was time for me to restore it. Some of you are like that hurricane lamp and you feel like you're in a closet. You feel like you're on a shelf, but God is doing a work in you that's very deep. And when the time is right, he is going to restore you, bring you out and display you before all men. And so when the time was right, I decided that it was time. Everyone say it's time. How many of you know to everything there is a season and a time and a purpose under heaven? Are you listening? And so I took out that hurricane lamp. I went to Michael's. Do you have a Michael's around here? No. You actually have grocery stores this time. In January, there wasn't any grocery stores. Did, but did I miss something in January? This was two years ago. Yeah, this is a tourist. Well, you finally have grocery stores. We actually ate somewhere good the other day. But I went to Michael's, and 
And I brought the stuff that you spray and it melts off the old paint. The paint was old. It was from long ago. It needed something fresh, needed something new. And me being the master of my house said, I am going to be the one to do it. Do you know, unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Revival and an awakening doesn't come from the, from man. It comes from the heart of God, but we ourselves have to get ourselves into position and say, yes, to everything that God is asking us to be and asking us to do. And so I sprayed that little hurricane. It wasn't, it's not her. I wish, I wish I had a picture of it. I'd show you. I'll post it on Dom's wall when I leave and go home. I, I sprayed that hurricane lamp and you know, all the paint melts off. I never did anything like that in my life. I have nails. I had to put gloves on. God forbid we melt the nail polish off of our nails. What then would we do? And I just wiped it down. Didn't take long. It didn't take long at all. Once I put the spray on, it didn't take long. I said it didn't take long. It melted in a matter of time, and I just wiped it off. But what I noticed is that the hurricane lamp, unless I, I got it repaint, repainted right away, it rusted. And so to make a very long story short, I took it to a special guy. He took all the rust off and spray painted it for me. And it's like new. Are you listening? I restored it. God is going to restore and rebuild the church. We think the house is in ruins. Isn't there a scripture? We think the house is in ruins, but out of the ruins, and out of the ashes is going to come a personal revival in the church and then come a great awakening in the world. There were many spiritual awakenings. I think that we can only learn from history, not only learn, but we can be inspired by history. But today I want to refer to a spiritual awakening in America called the Jesus Movement. This movement began on the west coast of the United States. God chose the place. He chose the time and he chose the place. Now is the time. We are the people. And I speak by not maybe prophetic. I believe this is a place of revival, a hub for revival. It began in the west coast of the United States in the late 1960s. In Central America, it's no, it's in, in the late 1960s and early 1970s. It primarily, it spread primarily through North America, Europe, and Central America before subsiding in the late 1980s. What I love about the Jesus movement is there was no face on that revival. All the other revivals had a face on it, but the Jesus movement. The only face on the Jesus movement was one face, one man, one Lord, one Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why I love that they call it the Jesus movement. A few years later, in April 8th, 1966, Time Magazine covered, posted this question. 
Is God dead? What a difference a few years makes, especially when God intervenes five years later. A 1971 issue of Time magazine describes a spiritual awakening. Quote, Jesus is alive. <laughs> and well and living in the radiant spiritual fervor of a growing number of young Americans, if, in, if any one mark clearly identifies them, it is their total belief, I'm quoting Time Magazine, in an awesome supernatural Jesus Christ, not just a, a marvelous man who lived 2,000 years ago, but a living God. So where are we in church history right now? As Kenneth Hagin, my papa, used to say, don't shout me now because I'm going to preach some real good. Where are we in church history right now? Is God dead? Let's describe our circumstances. The pandemic. Who would have ever thought? How many of you went to the nail salon and you got your nails and your toes done, got your hair colored? Guys, better not be you. <laughs> because they told us we were going into a two-week lockdown. And we're like, that's got to get it. And it ended up being almost, how long have we been, we were in lockdown? Over a year. So we had a pandemic. We had businesses closing, hardship, loss of friends and loved ones, fear and insecurity. Hospitals across the country reported dramatic increase in alcohol-related hospital admissions. Drinkers consume nearly 30% more than pre-pandemic months. Unemployment, isolation, Lack of daily structure and boredom all have increased the risk of heightened alcohol use. I, I, I know your heart broke like mine. In my town, you know, just the precious people that own the dry cleaner. Dear God, I walked in there one day, and they looked like hell. They looked like they'd been through hell. And this is part of my community. These are my people. And I truly believe that those of us that are leaders in our communities, I believe with all of my heart that we're called and sent to pastor them, to be spiritual leaders to them, to advise them, to help them. I'm not bragging. And if I lose my rewards, so be it. I don't care. But for sake of just explanation, I didn't just look at my brother because they're also Christians, and see that they have a need and shut up my bowels of compassion? No. I gave them money. M-O-N-E-Y. Money. That was their greatest need. And I did it twice. I'm not going to tell you how much, but I'm going to tell you straight up. It was around Christmas, and it made a difference in their worlds. 
The businesses were closing down. People were depressed. Here's one for you. Spiritual leaders prophesied things that didn't come to pass. Let's say national spiritual leaders prophesied things that didn't come to pass. Believers lost confidence in the word of the Lord. Don't tell me that it didn't happen to you. What does the Bible say? Despise not prophesying. People started to have an attitude about prophesying. And that attitude quenched the spirit in many churches. Somebody was preaching on the atmosphere. It affected the atmosphere of some churches. People got cynical. They got upset. They got mad. Socially, the stress of the pandemic has in some ways particularly targeted women. Lower wages, less job stability, and the burdens of parenting tend to fall more heavily, or did, especially on women. I got to tell you straight up, me personally, back in the day when my kids were little, fourth grade, so they're, now they're 29, 28. Tw twins are 29, then I have a 28-year-old, right? So think about back in the day when they were in fourth grade. I couldn't do fourth, fourth grade math. That was it for me. That was it because everything changed. Yeah. We used to do, yeah. what was it, yeah. the hangman thing? Yeah. <laughs> you do the draw the hangman and you put the little numbers in there and then you, you do dividing that way or div division that way. Uh-uh, those days were long gone, fourth grade, that was it. Yeah. Mothers became teachers. Mothers became doctors. Mothers became protectors. Mothers weighed heavily on us. I'm not me. I didn't have any young kids. And then there's gender confusion. That's a whole nother story. People were born one gender are now changing their bodies to accommodate the gender they believe they are. Doesn't the Bible say before I ever formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you? Doesn't the Bible say in Psalms 139 that you were knit together in your mother's womb, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? My daughter was supposed to get married in August of 2020. All right? Like multiple brides across the nation. We had a private ceremony for her on July 30th, 2020. Now, I bought a mother of the bride dress. Wouldn't you? For the big wedding. Gorgeous dress. Pewter, off the shoulder, really pretty dress. Preachers can look hot, too. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world? Where'd that come from? You like my hair? I've been wearing makeup again. Ladies, how many of you had to relearn how to put your makeup on? I, I have a sign all around my house. Walk in heels today. Because the pandemic, what happened to us? <laughs> Why wear makeup if you wear a mask? Who cares? <laughs> so I had to retrain myself. And I had to retrain myself to walk in heels. I'm not going to wear flats all the days of my life. I'm not tolerating that for the rest of my life. If we don't just start doing it now, what's going to happen, you know, 10 years from now when I'm in my 70s, 74, whatever? Got to start here and now. So I got this dress, and I, I actually, two months ago, went to pick the dress up. 
because you couldn't go, you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do anything, everybody was locked out, blah, blah, blah. It took eight months to get the dress, it was a designer dress, so on and so forth. So all that added up, and so now it's two months ago I went to get the dress. So my tailor, her name is Sen, Sen says to me, oh, Maggie. I go, what? Oh, Maggie, what? She goes, I have to retailor all the dresses. She said, it's so much work. Everybody's gained so much weight <laughs> in the pandemic. <laughs> you think you got problems. She goes, I had one bride, Maggie, gained 75 pounds. We're talking about troubles and trials. We're talking about where is God and all this. Question, is God dead? Is he aware of what is happening in the world today? Yes. Two weeks ago, I was sitting, I was sitting at my table outside, getting ready for a service, and there was that warfare again. I don't know why we kept getting into this. There was that warfare again. It took me forever to get a message. I wanted to go to sleep. I wanted to put my head down. I wanted to go eat a piece of chocolate. I just was sitting there. I'm like, Lord, if you don't give me a message, I'm not going to be happy. He gave me two scriptures, which launched the message the next week. And it, I actually was a prophet the whole time. So sometimes it happens, but you don't get a message because you're the messenger and you're going to prophesy to people because there's a shift in your ministry and a shift in your anointing and God is shifting you out of one season and shifting you into another. So be open, be ready, be perceptive because he's shifting you into more of a prophetic anointing. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Momentum is going to increase yet more and more and more and more. But mixed in with that was warfare. That's why we got to pray. Pray that we boldly will open up our mouths boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Boldly. Let, may we speak boldly. So anyway, I'm sitting there in the mix of the warfare because I'm not tolerating that. I'm not going to sleep, are you? We are not of them that draw back, but I wanted to go to sleep. We have to press in. We have to press on. We have to press through. It's not works. It's warfare, and if you don't arise, and if you don't shine, and if you don't step in and step over the enemy and start using your faith instead of crumbling under it, you're going to stay in that slumber and that sleep. Arise from that. But when I was sitting there, you know, it's like this. I'm sorry, I just keep getting into this. When I got to the service to deliver the message, he only gave me two scriptures. I only got to the one and then prophesied the rest. But when I got up to speak, I, I was under such warfare, I was shaking. And it was very strange because I never experienced this before. There was like a cold air in the room and it, wasn't the, it, wasn't, it was not the air conditioning. 
It was the breath of the devil himself. Who does he think he is? He thinks he's somebody or he wouldn't be trying. He thinks you're somebody or he wouldn't be trying. What is the devil so afraid of when it comes to you? He sees something you don't see about your future. He's afraid of what you are becoming. Do you hear me? I had to text my intercessors who I pay. You do? They're on staff. I pay them a salary. Yes. They're apostolic for real. They don't call themselves. They're apostolic intercessors for real. I texted her. I said, Melanie, pray for me. She's never had me all the time we've been in relationship. Never asked for prayer. Never did that. Never did it. But I think we need to prioritize prayer. Because these are the last days. So getting back to sitting at the table on my deck in the war midst of the warfare. Oh no, I know what I was going to say. I told, you know what I told them once I got had a breakthrough, I got up. I was like, I'm preaching, shaking, cold, devil all over. I could feel him. You know what that was? The Lord showed me it was witchcraft. Margie, Paul, we know so-and-so we know, but who are you? Margie, we know. Don, we know. But who are you? They know who you are. They know who the rising leaders are. They know the mantles that are being passed down. They know. So I, I remember I was preaching. I just turned to the lead, one of the leaders, and I told them what was going on after the fact because you don't want to scare people. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want to scare people. Because people get scared. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. We have overcome them. If you look at the scriptures up before that, devils, demons, evil spirits. I just turned to the leader, and I finally told him that I was getting more for da-da-da-da-da, just to let them know. And you know what I said? You know what? Experience teaches you something. Experience teaches you that was the devil. That was warfare. So anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I'm, whoa, we worship you, Jesus. I'm sitting there, and I had an internal mini-vision. And I saw the United States of America. And I'm not a national prophet, thank God. Don't want to be. I'm like a local prophet. East Coast, New Jersey. You know, now I think I'm kind of making some roots here. But I saw the United States of America bowed down and like this, sitting in darkness. And I saw the Lord said to me, 
She is coming into another great awakening. Isaiah 60, 1 through 4. The Bible says in the Amplified, arise from the depression in which circumstances have had you bound and arise to a new light because the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed through you. And the Lord said, there is coming to this nation another great awakening. And when I was studying for you guys, I felt like the Lord said there's going to be a faceless awakening like the Jesus movement where it invades and, and, and infiltrates a whole culture. But you and I, my friends, have to first make sure we're in position and have that personal revival that we need to have. All right, let's Talk about what R.A. Torrey said. He was a friend of Dwight L. Moody. He was a great preacher and evangelist in his own right. He gave this prescription for revival during a February 1917 address at the Moody Bible Institute. He said, and this is for you here, let a few of God's people, they don't need to be many, Get thoroughly right with God themselves. The rest will count for nothing unless you start there. Let them band together to pray for a revival until God opens the heavens and comes down. We know that revival, you know, it comes down, but it's also in you. Out of your innermost being flows rivers of living water. The artesian well is on the inside of you, the believer. So he doesn't necessarily come down, but we do feel him when he comes down. Let them put themselves at God's disposal to use them as he sees fit. That will bring a revival to any church and any community. Lord, send revival. But how can we be God's vessel to lead a lost world to Christ if we ourselves are not stirred up spiritually? In the name of Jesus, stir up the gift of God that is in you. Stir him up. Come up out of the depression and out of which circumstances has had you bound. There's a scripture that says, arouse yourself. Here's God's promise. Isaiah 44, 3. We're good, right? You guys good? You know, if you fall asleep, I'm going to, I like what David did. I got some water. I'll just sprinkle you. Ooh, give me some water. Wow. That's a great idea. I used to do this in our meetings long ago. We're going to revive that. You'll see in in a little bit. Isaiah 44, 3, this is the word of the Lord for this hour. I will pour water on those that are thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. How many of you are hungry and thirsty for God? Some of you that are listening, you feel like you're dry and you're thirsty in a negative way. And you feel like you're dry ground. God is going to restore to you 
everything that the locust and the canker worm has eaten because hope deferred has made your heart sick and you've been sick and you've been depressed and you've been lonely and you've been fearful but I speak Isaiah 61 through 5 over you you will arise you will shine you will come out of that depression you will enter into a new dimension of intimacy with Jesus Matthew 5 6 blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be filled God will quench the thirst of those who desire him as a man walking in the Arizona desert with a dry canteen who craves water Psalm 63 1 through 2 you are my God you are my God earnestly I seek you I thirst for you with my whole being my whole being longs for you in a what dry and parched land where there is no water I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory because your love is better than life I remember the days when we had moves of God children falling under the power having visions of Jesus we didn't even touch anybody they're falling be prepared God is awakening and I will say reviving the church which ultimately is going to bring an awakening to your community this is what the Holy Ghost said to me he said I'm gonna the first it's gonna start with personal revival then it's going to be corporate revival because your supply is going to come in that's why this 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 ministry is so cutting-edge you're gonna bring your supply in and every one of you are speaking in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord because you're not drunk with wine you're drunk in the spirit and you experience personal revival and you all come together one has a song one has a hymn one has a tongue one has an interpretation one has a testimony and you all come together and you blend together then that's when God says I will command my blessing on you so personal revival then there's going to be a corporate revival and how many of you know what's next maybe somebody already preached it in this conference because we're all flowing together it's only one Holy Ghost then there comes street revival I remember back in the day I'm tired of it being back in the day I want it to be this is the day that the Lord has made I'm gonna be glad and rejoice in it now yeah. I remember when I was on assignment and I used to my assignment you know changes see I think this is my new assignment this message which I'm not gonna to get to preach the whole thing but I think you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and hearing and people are going to arise they're gonna shine they're gonna enter into personal revival they're gonna be doers of what the Lord is telling us to do to get to that place and I believe it's gonna happen but I remember back in the day you know God had he had, a, had me preaching a lot on on uh, mark 16 they'll lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover and 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 I used to tell them go like this see everyone go like this now 
The secret of the hiding of God's power is in his hands. You are the hands. You are the feet. You are the body of Christ. You all are anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. So I'd have them all go like this and now release the power. There you go. <laughs> now put your hands like this. You sense the power? See you going back and forth? <laughs> Out of personal revival is going to come corporate revival, and you're going to go into the highways and the byways, and you're going to preach the gospel to the lost, set at liberty them that are bruised, and signs and wonders and miracles are going to follow you. Jesus told his disciples, he said, listen, go into all the worlds. Your world is your neighborhood. And the Bible says he confirmed the word with signs following. I'm just going to highlight my points because we don't have time. This was actually a really good message. I don't know why. I guess. <laughs> you are responsible for your own walk with God. Philippians 2.12, B. I like to be very precise. Continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't want to. You got to. Why? Because there is yet more for you to do. Have you ever thought about writing a book? There is a book in you. Stretch your hands toward our sister. Father, I thank you. <sighs> there it is. <sighs> Breathe on her. <sighs> I thank you for putting that pen in her hand. Make her tongue like the pen of a ready writer, that you would anoint her to write that book. Give her creative ideas and creative thoughts. Sidney, go lay hands on her. Not you. She's with me, so we're cool, right? You're not a bondage church. God help us. No, them that labor among you. I get it. I get it. Stretch your hands. Boraba soho ha 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 ha. Father, I thank you. Make her tongue like the pen of a ready writer. May inspiration flow up out of her. Father, not just creativity with music and preaching, but creativity in the secret room of her house where she spends time with you. I pray, Father, that you give her chapter titles. That's what happens when you're a writer. You get chapter titles and Titles for the cover and creativity for the book cover. Give her chapter titles. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. We will not be stopped. We will continue to move. We will continue to grow. I see you like a, I see you, believe it or not, I don't know how, not that age matters, like age is a number. That was a really good word. I appreciate that. You know, I see you in the womb of, of a cocoon. It's like you're in a cocoon, and I see you 
I see you, I see you pecking away, pecking away. And when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And when the time is right, you're going to come out of that cocoon and you're going to be filled with wisdom and revelation and knowledge and insight. And the anointing is going to be, it ha, will have increase because the anointing actually does increase. You guys believe that? Good. Because I, you're going to go from an, one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another. And you're going to mount up and you're going to run and fly. And you're going to have a beautiful, the colors on your wings are just, just beyond. Because the colors are significant of favor. Just like Joseph had favor. God is going to give you with favor with himself you already have favor with himself because you seek him, Matthew 6, Hebrews 4, 16, the reward. You do have favor with him, but he's going to give you favor with man. What an incredible gift you are to the body of Christ. Sorry I missed you this morning. I just needed to rest because it's a balance we got to have balance. You don't want to burn out. Do you know why these guys get into sin? Why don't we just get on the subject? Because I was going to talk about holiness. Because our sister talked about it, so I'm going to talk about it too. Do you know why these guys sin? National leaders do all kinds of crazy stuff. And some of it's crazy. People get into sin, and it's so crazy. They, they just they get blinded because they're just, you know what happens? They're burned out. They're burned out. You got to protect your relationship with Jesus. It'll prevent you from burnout. Listen, I'm like this. I start to feel burned out. I back off. Oh, my God. You're not answering your text messages. Oh, my God. You didn't answer your inboxes. Do you know how flooded we are with social media? I got to take a step back. You need to, when it's time to take a step back, you take a step back and don't apologize for it. You're, you know, you're an introvert, aren't you? Ish. Yeah, you're an introvert. I am too. Your, your energy is um, made strong when you wait on the Lord and you have time alone. All right, I want to quickly. <laughs> Second Corinthians thirteen five. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So how do we contend for personal revival? We're going to do this really quick. I don't know why my watch is telling me to stand. I'm standing. <laughs> why does my watch tell me to breathe? I'm breathing. Hello? Like I needed something else. Exactly. <laughs> we have phones, we have watches, we have everything. It's too much. It's keeping us from running the race and keeping our focus. Jesus. How do you contend for personal revival? Very quick. You intertwine your life with God. Isaiah 40. Have you not known? I've heard this scripture a thousand times. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is 
unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall fail and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like what? Like an eagle, they will run and not be weary. That word wait in the Hebrew means there's somebody listening to me that's in burnout. You need to practice what I'm preaching. Because the enemy wants to throw you in a pit and inoculate you and get you out of the race. And you are a key player in the kingdom of God. And you are marked by God. Do whatever you got to do to get yourself back on track. You're off track and you know it. That's why you feel the way you do. You could get back on track by backing off and waiting, sitting, resting. They that wait upon the Lord. That word wait means the transliteration, I can't pronounce it. It means to twist or to bind once a rope. So those that wait upon the Lord, it's not necessarily waiting on him in prayer like I used to teach. It means to, it to twist or to bind whence a rope. This verse is the active nature. It implies the active nature of intertwining one life with the life of God. When intertwining is being done, that person is made strong. He who waits twists his life, binds his life with God upon the Lord is made strong. You can't, let me tell you, you can't break this rope. Here's, here's rope that's all frayed. Mom, keep getting into this. I've never done this in my life. This is how you feel. You're all frazzled. You don't take care of it. Just going to take a really easy kind of scissor. Psh, one thing after another, after another. Just you know, it, Here a little, there a little. You know, sin doesn't happen overnight. And falling doesn't happen overnight. It happens psh, here a little, there a little, there a little. But when you intertwine your life with God... And you wait upon him. And you read, he said, I will renew your strength. He said, you'll mount up with wings like an eagle. Really quick fact, a fun fact. In other words, you got to know God for yourself. You can't rely on the preachers. That's why you got to press in and press on. Eagles is used 32 times. 
in the Bible and their reference to the example of the Christian life. And this is what I was thinking about when all you guys were giving your testimony. That's because eagles are unusual birds. Born to soar higher and faster than any bird. They are especially able to soar above the clouds in the storms. Eagles love a storm. When the clouds gather, the eagles get excited. <laughs> the eagle uses the storm, the storm's winds, to lift it higher. Once it finds the wind of the storm, the eagle locks his wings and uses the fierce raging storm to lift him above the clouds. This gives the eagle an opportunity to glide and rest in its wings. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. In the meantime, all the other birds are hiding in the leaves and the branches of the tree. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my looking unto Jesus. Yeah, you do the smart thing. Yeah, you get the right lawyers. Yeah, you get the right people to help you. Yeah, you hire people that are smarter than yourself. But this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. That was my 2020 song. Next, really quick. I've said it, and it's been coming out, but I'm going to say it in context. You have to contend for personal revival. In other words, press in. What does that mean? I don't feel like praying. Pray. I don't feel like going to church. Go to church. I feel like staying in my pajamas, listening online. You know as well as I do, it's not the same. I was in a meeting because I'm helping two churches now. It's really fun. Start houses of prayer in my region. So, you know, we're God, God knows what he's doing. See, that's what the enemy was after. And, I mean, I'm sitting, I, I, I preached. It's very anointed. You know, you can be more anointed or less anointed. This was one of those really anointed messages, which I'm always thankful for. And I'm sitting there. I went back to my seat because I was in a public place with people not with a computer, sitting in my pajamas. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? And I'm sitting there, and a, a wind whirled around me, blew around me, and swirled around me, and went in my mouth and into my body. What would have happened if I was home? I wouldn't have had that encounter. Encounters happen when the brethren dwell together in unity. Encounters happen when the, all the supplies come together and everybody's rubbing shoulders and all the eagles have been through hell and back. And now we're soaring together. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You got to press in. Number three, we're almost done. There is a fresh call, like our sister said, I heard it, I don't know if you guys heard it, to dedication, consecration, and surrender. I said, Lord, you want me to say that here? Everybody here is so committed to you. 
It's for the people online. <laughs> he said, "There's." He said, "I desire. I want a new level of commitment from my people, and to the purpose that I put within them. Because within your heart, you have a purpose. It's been put there. Eternity is written in your heart. Here's a scripture: Psalms 103, verse three. One minute, and I'll be done. And I'm gonna." will stand. Your people shall be volunteers. Another translation says willing. When? In the day of your power. Jesus in the garden. Not my will. Masheke. He was at a crossroad. What did David say to us? We're at a crossroad. Gethsemane means olive press. Jesus, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you so much for the cross. Thank you for what you did for me. Thank you, Lord. I promise I'll be willing. I promise I'll be obedient. I just ask that you give me more grace, Lord. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength. You're in the palm of my hands. I have my eye upon you. Like I've had my eye upon the sparrow. I'll take good care of you, my child. I pray I brought you out. <laughs> that I may bring you in. Just came surrendering. Maintain the posture of surrender. And I will perfect you're concerned about. Arabeshe, you're my child. Arabeshe is my child. You're precious. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. I give you a future to fill bright. Because my word says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Forget those things that are behind. Reach toward those things that are before. Set your face like a flint and refuse to let go to the hem of my garment. I will restore what the canker worm and the locust has eaten and you will see my salvation all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord. And with long life, I'll satisfy you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. All the seeds you have sown, this is your time of harvest. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the garden. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for being our example. Stay with me, please stay with me. Oh, I needed to cry. Thank you, Lord. It's a bad sign when you don't cry. 
break up the foul ground. <laughs> the ground that was so precious and tender and has grown hard through circumstances. <laughs> I commit my life to you, Jesus. Do you commit your life? Yes. Afresh and anew. Oh, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to stay home. <laughs> I take authority over you, spirit of darkness. You will not hinder the work of God, <laughs> the plan of God. <laughs> no, God, you say yes. We say yes, Lord. We say yes. Say yes with me. Please stay with me. God, we shall not be moved. We shall not be shaken. I got so much to do. We have so much to do. <laughs> I am anointing you with fresh oil. Yummy attention. And you are receiving a new thing in your heart. Just say yes. I gotta do it. I gotta do it, God. I Father, I can't see you. I praise. I can't see you. I'm in a shepherd. I know you're my shepherd. I know, Father. Gotta see yes. I gotta say. I said yes. Rekindle the fire in your people, God. Rekindle the fire in your believers, even those, Lord God. I can't. I can't pray without praying for others. Just now, I am wired. I pray, Father, for the listeners that you rekindle the fire and rekindle the flame, that they would be like those, God, that keep their hearts burning. You said, keep your hearts, your lamps burning. Die to die, die to self. Oh, God, do I really say that in the church? You never hear people talk about that. Die to self. Oh, quiste Maya. Pick up your cross and follow me. I want to make you fishers of men. I can't do it without you, my people. I got to see shine through you. You're the light of the world. Don't let your light go dark and dim under a bushel. Don't let it be put out through the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the loss of other things, my people. You are living in a twisted, strategic time in church history. And this is the coming of the new day. This is the dawn of a new day. Everything I said in my word, I'm going to do. Gotta go. Say, gotta go. I say, gotta go. I leave you, show you my heart. I'm going to restore the message of holiness and dying to self and the message of receiving a charge. I receive it. I declare a breach of mantle. It's a mantle. It is a people that are being raised up that are receiving the mantle. There's mantles falling in this place. Receiving. We receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Were you able to play the song? Thank you, Lord. We surrender, Lord. We know you love us. You are now old, that there's more for you to do. While she's getting the song ready, I just want to tell a little story, and then we'll quit. 
I had a dream. And in my dream, you know how dreams are. Their windows are prophetic insight, right? You're looking through the window, or that's what I've been told. I'm, I don't, I'm not a dream interpreter, but this one was pretty easy to interpret. And I had my face smashed against the window, and the person was preaching, and they were down there. And I, I don't remember what he was preaching, but I knew he was preaching about dedication, consecration, so on and so forth. You have given up a lot to follow me, but it's not compared to what Jesus gave up. He came from heaven <laughs> down to earth. He was the word made flesh, and he dwelt amongst us. He left his father's heart, and he came to the earth. He was crucified. He died, and he was buried. He went to the lower parts of the earth. He, he overcome the enemy. What do, we, what do we need to give up? What do I need to give up? What do you need to give up? Your life is like an ease. You're like that person in Hosea. You, 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 you've, you've just chosen the way of ease. And you know what's going to happen in your life? It's going to be like you're holding a bag, and there's holes in the bag, and things are just going to drop out. What is your life anyway? It's a vapor. Pierce for a little bit, vanishes away. What is your life? Give your life to Jesus. Surrender your all to him. Pick up your own cross. Stop criticizing somebody else's cross, what they're doing for God. What are you doing for God? And I plastered my face against the, the window, and I knew another level of surrender. Like, really? You know, Catherine Coleman gave up everything. She didn't even remarry the girl. Now, two are better than one. So I'm receiving the two are better than one scripture. Because when one falls down, you got somebody else pick you up. And at night, when you're cold, you got somebody to warm you. God already told me, you're going to remarry. I got somebody for you. How do you know? I heard it in my spirit. It's one thing to have an, a vision in your head. Oh, and it's another thing when God tells you. Two are better than one. I woke up. I literally got out of bed, and I'm not good in the, well, I shouldn't say that under the anointing. I learned to stop doing that because I started saying I'm OCD, and I started becoming a little more OCD than usual. And the Lord said to me, stop saying it. I put my head, because the anointing is creative. And I put my foot on the ground, and I heard audibly, two are better than one. And I looked it up. And, you know, God, you know, he doesn't. I don't understand people that have visions and dreams day in and day out and see angels and Jesus. And I told my friend, I said, it, you know what that's done? From I, 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 I could be wrong. I think it's depressed the body of Christ. Because if people are having dreams and visions every day, going to heaven every day, seeing angels every day, and you were all sitting around going, what about me? And I walk with God. Why? And then it's like, well, where are you, God? Yeah, yeah, the whole day. Yep. So, yeah, it's okay. So I just want to finish this. So two, I heard, like this, two are better than one. And I looked it up. Holy Spirit always speaks in line with the word. Yes, yes. And it was right there. That's your confirmation. 
This is my confirmation. It's your confirmation. There's somebody out there. Find me. <laughs> Here I am, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.